Your Creativity, Episode 36. Yeah, so my personal definition is that creativity is a muscle. It's something that you can train and that will help you look at the world in, from a different light. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited today to be talking to Philip Velitza. Philip has been a mechanical engineer and engineering manager for over 12 years, designing, testing, and building products from cradle to grave. He has worked for a broad range of companies from mom-and-pop small businesses to some of the largest corporations in the U.S., His hands-on point of view resonates with other action-oriented small business owners and entrepreneurs. Philip is also the founder of The Product Startup, a site that provides a step-by-step blueprint to aspiring product creators wanting to bring their ideas to market. Through interviews with successful small business owners, inventors, and Shark Tank winners, he explores the intersection of his interests and experience, do-it-yourself product development, Welcome to the show, Philip. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me on. So I was um, really interested in speaking with you because you come from a bit of a different background to most of my guests who come back, you know, from the engineering, um, mechanical engineering background, which I don't think that when people think of that, they immediately think about creativity. But for you, that really is a part of what you do. Can you talk a little bit more about what it is that you do and how creativity fits into that picture? Sure. So in our day job, we're as engineers, we're assigned to translate some of the requirements that our customers might have or our, our company's clients into physical products. And so someone might come in and say, I want something that does this. And we come and translate it into a, a physical manifestation of some kind. You create a design and it has certain specifications and it. And then ultimately, hopefully, the features that it has meet the benefits that the, uh, the customers want. Mm, cool. Is there some product that or um, project that you were involved with that was a real test of your creative abilities that you can talk about? You know, I think um, what I, I think what I can do is is say that in general the projects that we had that were more difficult versus the ones that were easy. Um, usually, if we we talk to clients and they might not know what they want themselves, or there might be some. A conflicting priorities within them or what they're looking for or if you're let's say you're speaking to groups of people individually and you might speak to 15 to 20 people uh, but when you're validating your market or when you're you're looking to make sure that there's going to be an audience for what you're going to sell uh, you might get some crosstalk among all the people and they might have but not only do they have different perspectives but they've got their different requirements that they're looking for and and that's always a challenge on the creative side is because you don't want to just make this product that has everything in the kitchen sink in it, you need to be really selective and, and edit. And so I think there's a, definitely a, an art to editing. Mm. Um, and what is your definition of creativity? Yeah, so my personal definition is that creativity is a muscle. Mm. It's something that you can train and that will help you look at the world in, from a different light. Oh, very cool. And can you give an example of how that manifests in your own life? Yeah, so uh, I, it, 
I can kind of tell you how I train it myself. Is that kind of what mm-hmm. we're looking for? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, something that's really easy that anybody can do and that I've been practicing a lot is being more mindful about the small things in life. For example, in the morning when you're eating cereal and you're crunching on the bran and you're tasting the the bran and maybe the corn and you get the sweetness and you get the textures and maybe the milk and it's cold milk but maybe you have a warm cup of coffee and how warm is it and you and you you, you just savor the moment kind of for what it is and and do that throughout your entire day you know if you're um, if you're in a meeting and and you know this is definitely my fault uh, future employers close your ears um, I'll, I'll listen into on meetings sometimes and my brain has to do these parallel tracks where I've got like one side of my brain that's taking notes and it's attentive and then I've got the other side that's just like it needs to be occupied by something and so I'll be watching other people in the room and I'll, I'll try to create a story for them like what was their morning like because they've got maybe a rumpled shirt or um, you know kind of dive into like like creating a background story for somebody just as just kind of out of curiosity um, and then you know having a, a conversation with them after the meeting and saying hey Bill how you know How's your morning today? And and he was saying, oh, it was rough because my uh, my twelve month old spit up on me, and I had to change really quick. And you know, and then maybe either conforming or knocking down some of the bias that you had. But um, oh, it kind of yeah. helps you be more observant in a way, and and that kind of ties back to what I view creativity to be is it's a muscle that you're constantly kind of training and and prodding. Wow, that's really cool. You know, I teach at the university, um, I, I teach a course called um, Skills for University Success or, um, you know, time management uh, techniques mm-hmm. and study skills and whatnot. And um, and, and it's um, a course that people from all fields and disciplines um, end up in. And so I often have um, engineering students and mechanical engineers and whatnot. And I think that they would be really surprised um, to hear that, you know, creativity should be something that they... Um, are exercising within themselves and um, you know and if I were to say to them that this is something that you should do I don't think it would hold as much weight as if it came from you and I wonder if um, if you were speaking to them about getting ready for a job interview um, what would you advise them in terms of creativity or being able to speak to the the question of creativity uh, you know, I think so as a manager, when I've interviewed people, I'll, I like to ask really open ended questions to just get inside someone's mindset. And it's not because um, you're looking to get the exact same candidate or you, you have you just want to kind of for me, I want to see how they work and how they think and um, how they fit in with the rest of the team. And so for the, any candidates that are looking to answer that question, I would say you need to be as open with the people that are asking that question to show them, let them in your world to show them how you think and how you come up with ideas and how you translate data or how you translate, um, you know, having a conversation with somebody into a set of requirements and uh, into a design, you know, from an engineering standpoint. And where does your creativity come in? And uh, does it come in in terms of looking at other products specifically to see how they solve the answer? And are you doing that before you come up with your own answer first? Is that a leading question now? Or are you doing it after uh, to kind of check yourself and maybe expound on the ideas you already had? And, you know, are you looking to other industries to say, how did, uh, you know, can we do what Uber is doing for cars? for some other industry 
mm-hmm. or what Airbnb is doing for you know renting out apartments to some other industry. Can you do that for farming? I don't know, but mm. uh, there's all these techniques that you can apply to kind of suss some of those ideas out and you get a lot of ideas on the board. Um, and, and then I'm also looking to see how readily they kind of knock those ideas down because as you know, you're, you can only do uh, the creative or the logic apart at one time. And if you're kind of being your worst enemy and you know, you're kind of knocking ideas down the minute you come up with them, then you're kind of hampering your own creativity. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you. So was there a time in your life where you felt that you weren't connected to your creativity? And, and how did that affect you in, in terms of your productivity or your sense of well-being? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, the Just recently, well, not just recently, but in the last last couple jobs that I've had, I've been a manager and I've managed a team and then I've managed teams of teams, I guess. And it was a little bit more difficult for me because I was completely disconnected from my creative side and I grew up wanting to be creative. I say wanting to be because it's something you train. Um, but uh, And I enjoy building and creating things ever since I was a kid and that's the, those are the types of projects that I did. And so now being a manager and doing the more administrative tasks that does, doesn't have that creativity, it just kind of uh, you know, it, I, I just remember tensing up on the way to work, um, and it, because I just wasn't fulfilled and I wasn't happy with it. And even though people tell you, "Oh, well, you know, work is just work," and um, maybe you can go and do something creative when you get home, or uh, there's a other outlet. And I know other people can definitely do that, but my brain does definitely not operate that way. You know, at the end of the day, I leave work and I'm exhausted because I did all these tasks that didn't have any creativity in them and I felt like it was I don't want to say it was a wasted day but I definitely didn't leave my mark on the world yeah and so uh, how do you uh, get back to a sense of creativity in your life or is it not possible in a managerial sense like was it was it just that okay you had to change jobs in order to bring that creativity back into your into your life you know that was a huge part of it for me I, I definitely had to kind of consider is that the type of role that I want. I mean, there's small things you can do. Definitely. I would insert myself into meetings that I didn't have to be in or, you know, brainstorming sessions and uh, into some of the work that people were doing just because I found it interesting. And as a manager, it was, I guess, my prerogative. So I got to pick and choose. Obviously you can't do that too much because then now you're spending time on things that you shouldn't normally. Um, so, you know, there were some band-aids that I applied to it, but I guess at the end of the day, I had to decide if that was something that, uh, you know, if the the job was more important to me than the ro- role that I played, or you know, the current role was more important than um, you know my happiness every day. So, and and that's really hard, I think. Yeah, it's a hard decision. So, so how did you make that decision, and and what did you move towards then? Well, so fortunately for me, the decision was kind of made for me. Uh, you know, the oil and gas industry here in Houston has been in a downturn, and for the last couple of years, and the company that I worked for was while you know winding down and i essentially had to lay off my team one by one t- until the point where there are two or three of us left oh, and dear. so i told so i told my boss i said well you don't really need a manager anymore <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know and so i was laid off at the end of june and in a way it kind of forced me to think about that um and it forced me to think about what i used to be or what i wanted as a child you know and when my first taste of creativity 
was when I was five and we were in Athens, Greece, waiting for our papers to come to the States. And we were there a bit longer than we wanted. So we were there for two years and, uh, you know, single mom, you know, working two jobs and, uh, you know, waiting to come to the States. And so we definitely didn't have any money. Um, walking by a dumpster and I pulled this um, toy dump truck out of the um, dumpster. And it was one of these multicolored, like play school colored trucks with oversized bolts on it that kids could kind of tighten themselves with a plastic wrench. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was missing the front wheel. And I rummaged around and found the wheel and then uh, found a random bolt that I could use for the axle. And I kind of like, you know, made it work. And then I kind of drug it around everywhere. And I remember that that was this like lightning bolt feeling that that all of a sudden t- turned this thought on to me that I, that I had control over my my destiny in a way because this was huge. I basically created something from nothing. I um, I I had all this power to kind of uh, decide what I wanted to do with the things around me, and that that's what led into me pursuing mechanical engineering and taking things apart when I was a kid and you know all sorts of other stuff. Oh wow, what a great story, and. And so now you have um, a podcast, and you interview um, people who are on who are um, creating products and um, Shark Tank winners and, and all that stuff. Can you talk a little bit about um, about that? Yeah. So the I got interested into how other people were able to take their ideas to market. You know, I initially started the website because people came up to me that wanted to go on Shark Tank or wanted to just see their product on sale on Amazon. They said, how do I do this? And, and so, uh, you know, we had our daughter about a year and a half ago. And uh, that day in the hospital, I was thinking, you know what, if I don't get off my rear end and, and do something with my life, I'm going to be bitter that I just worked at a nice, safe, comfortable six-figure job, making really good money, providing for my family, but still not being fulfilled in this other way. And so I created the site and I, and I created the podcast podcast a few months later um, to see how other people answered that question, you know, how, how do I do this on a budget with, you know, limited funds? Because a lot of the people that I speak to, uh, they turned around and created a business for under, you know, $5,000 and had paying customers with their products. And so it was fascinating to see how a non-engineer approached that mm-hmm. and if there was something that we could learn from it. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, on your website, you have this um, do-it-yourself product development um, JPEG or picture. It's like a circle, and it goes from risk to value. Is that something that you put together yourself? Yeah, so I put that together myself based on uh, my experiences working for a bunch of different companies. You know, I worked for some small businesses, and then I worked for some Fortune 50, some really large companies. Uh, I even worked for IBM. That's like 300,000 employees. And you kind of get to see how differently they all work you know from a 30 person company to the to the larger one and i i distilled from that this path that they all take to bring products to market and even they called it different things and they use different tools and maybe they had teams of people working on each task ultimately they kind of followed the same step and so i just threw that up there as a blueprint to say hey here's what successful companies do no matter the size uh, why don't you use that as a uh, template to get started? Yeah, it looks really, uh, it looks really inspiring, actually, and and it breaks, you know, each of the steps down, and all of a sudden it looks manageable. <laughs> it looks like there's a lot of work, but it looks manageable too, you know. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I hope so. You know, I think people look at it and say, oh, well, I know the, the basic steps. I know you have to design something and then maybe you have to build it and then it comes time to sell it. Uh, but that can also be really daunting because if there's only three steps and they're really big steps, it's really hard to kind of break that up into smaller pieces. And that's kind of what I try to do is I'd rather have more steps, but they're all smaller steps that are more manageable. Yeah. Well, in that course that I mentioned that I teach at the university, uh, part of it is goal setting. And, you know, the, the mm-hmm. success in, in achieving your goals is that you break it down into bite-sized lumps. You know, if it's just like mm-hmm. one big thing, it can be really overwhelming. So what's the best advice that you've ever received in terms of your creativity? <sighs> to be still. Hmm. Uh, and it wasn't something that someone said. It was actually something that they didn't say. I, uh, I don't know, eight years ago in my career, I sat across the table from a company, uh, from a client representative. And normally, there uh, it's this type of role where you have to be really pushy and pound the table, and this is what I want, and I'm going to fight for it. And this person was completely the other way around, very laid back, almost falling out of the back of their chair uh, spoke very softly so you had to listen in on their words and it it made me realize that you can get a lot more from people and get, get hold their attention better if you you know speak softer and quieter and at the same time how the benefits of just listening and not getting ready for the next thing to say mm. um, and 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 not just because it's going to improve your relationships with other people because they value listeners, but also because your brain can only do one thing at a time. And if you open yourself up enough to kind of take that, that stimulus in, whether you're training your own creativity in the morning by eating cereal you know, in quiet or uh, speaking to somebody, just kind of be in that moment and just quiet and, and let, it, let it be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not too wax poetic there, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, what you're describing is active listening, um, which, um, which, you know, we teach as well in, uh, in this class. And I, I think a lot of my students believe that multitasking is possible, <laughs> even though the science says it's not. And, uh, and, and so they're all, you know, being, um, being, thinking of your answer that you're going to give to someone even before they finish what they're they've just said is actually counterproductive to that relationship but also like you say your own creativity and your own ability to process you know what you're listening to so that's really cool can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success yeah so we kind of already talked about being mindful uh and i think that's just huge because you'll notice the difference right away if you uh I think it's the if you f- follow a habit for 21 days, you'll commit it. Uh, if you follow this for seven days, I promise that you'll see a difference in just seeing new opportunities for things. Uh, if you just appreciating colors more, if you, you know, every day you set uh, a little goal for yourself. Today, I'm going to pay attention to sound. And that's all you do is kind of drive into work. And um, on your way in, you recognize the sounds around you and maybe the birds that are outside the park in your office. And uh, when you're in the office, what kind of sounds you hear and in other places you go. And uh, to me, as an engineer, that these are things that are really important because at some point they all come up when you, then you can ask the, uh, you know, the, the, the client, well, what is your 
what do you think about this sounding a certain way? And they'll always look at you like, oh, I never really thought about it sounding any way. Well, is it an electric toothbrush or is it a jackhammer or is it, you know, as quiet as possible or, you know, and these are all little bits of detail that you want to kind of put in. And, and so for us, it's important to kind of train all, all your senses to kind of read the environment around you. Wow, that's so cool. You're just you're transforming my whole perception of what engineers are all about. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, and I can't say that all engineers are, are this way. You know, I'm and I think part of the struggle that I've also had is because I have this huge creative side. I think most engineers have an analytical side. And uh, my my mom graduated uh, in, in uh, art history and she renovated old castles and cathedrals back in Czechoslovakia. That's and so amazing. She, what an amazing job. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I guess I, you know I'm, I'm lucky because she left all that for us for to, you know to come to the states. But um, she's definitely been my my influence to my creative influence in life. And so I was I'm obviously super analytical, uh, love STEM, science, technology, engineering, math type stuff. And she's almost the other way around where she's like super like creative and whatever. And so there's this been constant tug in my life to where, you know, you need to use this other part of your brain more. And, um, so I would say that, uh, that's why I believe that, you know, the, that your creativity is a muscle is because I've, I've done it myself. Um, (laughs) but, but I think most people don't, I think they, they commit themselves to, well, I am not this way and therefore I can't learn to be like other people or I'm not able to come up with creative ideas or I wasn't born a certain way and therefore I'm, I must, you know, I have to put that out of my life, and I don't believe that at all. Is there a favorite uh, work of art that you have? Uh, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite work of art, but uh, recently I saw I saw this movie that was called Loving Vincent, um, where it's made by all these artists that are painting in uh, Vincent Van Gogh's style, and the movie itself is comprised of all these frames that are hand-painted um, and I, I want to say it's like 20 frames per second or something like that. They're all individual, like oil paintings. Uh, so it's to me, it's super fascinating. You know, I talked to my mom about it, and of course, she's a purist, and she's like, "Oh no, that's not you know why why recreate a a, a work of art like that?" And you know, and so, but to me, I look at it as a creative exercise. It's really interesting that I wouldn't have um, thought to do something like that. And I always like to look at things from a, a different angle, and I think this movie does that. Do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? Uh, I think, you know, creativity. So, I'll, yeah, I'm going to quote Scott Adams. <laughs> creativity is allowing yourself to make mistakes and art is knowing which ones to keep. Oh, I love that one. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> so do you have anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we wrap up? No, I don't. You know, I think, you know, for one, straight to your straight, stay true to yourself and listen to your younger self, your inner child. If you feel like you're frustrated and and you're not at a point in your life where you don't, you know, you, you don't enjoy what you're doing, there's always um, time to change the course or to do things in your life to make yourself fulfilled in ways that you know your current job or uh, hobbies aren't doing. Um, and then two, don't um, don't forget to train creativity because it's going to make you look at all parts of your life differently. You know, my wife and I even bring that to, you know, raising our, our daughter and like incentivizing her to 
to do things a certain way. You know, instead of putting her in front of the TV, we make her uh, uh, cook, play cook with us in the kitchen. She's 18 months, but she helps sort potatoes, you know. And, it, and it's just, it's basically you look at life differently. And so I would say, you know, training your creativity is pretty important. And how can people get um, in touch with you or find you on the internet? Yeah, you can just find me on theproductstartup.com and there's links to all my social media and the podcast and everything from there. All right, cool. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been wonderful. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. Philip's perspective on creativity and engineering was so refreshing, wasn't it? His recognition that creativity was a missing and necessary ingredient for him to feel happy at his job really resonated with me. It's something I hear a lot from colleagues and clients alike. If you feel you're missing a creative spark in your life or work, get in touch with me and we'll chat about what you can do to improve your situation. To make an appointment, use this link, bit.ly forward slash call Elizabeth, all lowercase, bit.ly forward slash call Elizabeth, all lowercase. Next week, you'll hear my interview with Scott Willett of Encourage Mindset Conditioning. He's a filmmaker, social entrepreneur, and creator of the Feed Your Happy app. Until next time, own your creativity. Creativity.